Hello. Hello. Welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. Hey. Episode 80. 80. Octogenarian. We're only 100 episodes away from when we, when we can go episode 180. Like every other British podcast that gets to 180. So stay tuned. I'm so excited for that. Do you reckon we'll still be doing this in 100 episodes time? Well, we've got nothing else on. That is depressingly true. <laughs> We have an intro for you this week, which we definitely discussed beforehand. Yes. Chris has developed a new game, haven't you, Chris? You said it's much better than anything I could do, but you didn't want to tell me anything about it until we were on the air. It was Skateboard Dracula. I see. What's the deal with Skateboard Dracula? It's Dracula and he's on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, do I, what do I play? Dracula? The skateboard? Bystanders? You're all bearings in the massive wheel. I see. and it's, So it's a bit like Jason Morningstar's The Skeletons. It's a little bit like that, but more capitalist. Mm. In real news, we have written a role-playing game called yes, we have. Adventure Skeletons. Yes, we have. Uh, which is being released. So um, fellow indie friend, um, Chris Longhurst, I like to think of him as the other Chris, is... Or Captain uh, Pig Smoke. Captain Pig Smoke. Because that's a really good name. Little Jimmy Pigsmoke. That's the one. Is uh, is doing Kickstarter. He's doing a Kickstarter called Tales of the Talking Skeletons, mm-hmm. uh, which is a Dungeon World compendium compilation of, of adventures, all of which have talking skeletons in, which is great. So skeletons approached... are tops. Yes. He, or he insists on spelling it skeletons, but yeah, <laughs> fine. And he approached us and asked us to write a one page game, and we did. We did it. We did a one page game. So I believe exclusively for backers of his of his game. You can get access to Adventure Skeletons, or Adventure Skeletons, as he made us write it. Yeah, which it just, it just uh, knocked a lot of wind out of our sails, honestly. I think the main mechanic, which we can sell sell that to you on, is if uh, if someone attacks you, they simply roll in the hit location. They don't roll to hit, but then if but if they hit a location which you don't currently have because it's been previously knocked off, they miss. It's pretty good, which I think is is very clever and funny. Yeah, we also wrote a very high profile. RPG recently. Oh yeah, we wrote Skyfarer for we them did. over what made Sunless Skies fail. Better games. Yeah. Hey, hey, so listener. That's available. Hey, listener. Exclusive for you now. I'm going to give out a Steam key live on this show. Live. Well, as live. Okay. If you want, if you want to play Sunless Skies and you don't have it, here's a Steam key. M M H G R hyphen Q. 880Q hyphen 9N9Q6. Giveaways! Giveaway! They gave, us, they gave us some free Steam keys and we already have it. I don't really know anyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not. I don't really know anyone who hasn't got it. I don't know anyone. I don't, I don't really have any friends. There's Chris. Hi. Hi. And that's more of a work obligation now. <laughs> I just can't produce role playing games without you. <laughs> you're like you're like the nectar to my royal jelly. Oh. Is that how think. it works? Yeah. Let's say yes. We know about bees. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I've seen a bee. Yep. Point is, yes, there's a Steam key so you can play the PC version of Sunless Skies. It's currently in early access. You can just have it. Um so if you're thinking, oh, fancy playing that, do it now. Monday morning, go and do it. Or whenever this ends up being released when Chris cuts it together. Do it now. Make it happen. We'll wait. Well, well, we won't wait, because only one person can do it. Yeah, like, what if they're at work? Like, that's... That's, well, 
they shouldn't have been at work, should they? That they shouldn't have, been, they shouldn't have been driving their car to work. They should they, they should listen to this next to the next to an open Steam browser window <laughs> at all times. Do you we want... wrote. We, hang on, oh. wait. We wrote Skyfarer. It's a role playing game set in the Sun the Skies universe. You can have it for free. Uh, it uses heavily adapted The Witch is Dead mechanics, by which I mean I changed the names. Wow, Grant. Well, it's, it's, that's the thing. It's free. So what are they going to do? Complain? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Now, I, look, look, I adapted the mechanics from a, from a, from a good game I knew I, I, I already worked. So I, I knew already worked the game I'd already written. Yes. So we adapted the mechanics from that. And it's not like you play foxes and bees and stuff. No, that is very true. It would be better. Anyway, great. I think you were trying to um, shunt me out of this out of this introduction. I was very heavily implying that I should ask you a question. I think people like a nice introduction. Is the thing really? I, I don't know. I mean, I think people like a nice, like just just sort of like, hey, get warmed up. This is us reestablishing a space right before we jump into the cold clinical examination. Yes, you know, that slap is on true. The gloves and do some advice. We can be too acute with our question answering. I'm definitely too cute. Oh. Oh. Um, yeah, you know what? I think that's that, that's that's them warmed up enough. They're ready. I'm gonna I'm, just, I'm gonna blow my hands. <laughs> All right, let's do this. What makes a good one-shot RPG session? By John Petterly on Reddit. What makes a good RPG? A good one-shot RPG session? Yes. So let's say you've got a con-length game. Mm-hmm. And three, three or four so hours. Yeah, three or four hours. Okay, so we're looking at four hours, maybe six players who I don't know very well, but I can hope you can hopefully rely on the fact that they they like the sound of the game. Yeah, and also the fact that they're they're there to play the game. Yes, very much. Rather so. than not... being dragged in, they have applied and want to play this. You want haranguing, so they're well, on board. I, I have I have dragged people into convention games before, and it's gone terribly. Yes. So tip one. Don't drag people in. No, just play with the people that you're supposed to be playing with. Tip two, you want character creation to be incredibly fast or have pre-gens. Yeah, fast or non-existent. Um, fast or non-existent. So like like literally five minutes of rolling on tables or you have your pre-gens. Your pre-gens then should have reasons to hang out with one another. Yes, give, um, you need like a paragraph block of text of just, this like, is who you are, this is what yeah. you're doing, make it happen. Yeah, and like and like a quick summary of your abilities, why you are, why you are, who you are, what you're doing, etc., etc., and then also a reason to hang out and also like to start to spark conversations. Yeah, you're gonna want a bulletproof plot, by which I mean railroad the players. Yeah, like you can. You, this is the one space you can get away with proper railroading. It's not railroading if you run them over with a train. There we are. I mean, the train you, can have multiple tracks. Like yeah, that logic or, problem. Yeah, or like in um, that James Bond film where the train crashes through the wall. Yes. I think it's got Le, Le Fevre, Le Chevre, I don't Le Chief. Le Chief sounds right. Le Chief. Well, the, the guy, Javier Bardem. The Chief. The Chief. Hello, Mr. Bond. Ah, The Chief, it is you. Uh, that, was, that was a strange Bond voice. It was. Uh, ah, it's me, James Bond. Hello. <laughs> Get in my Aston Martin. I hate women. <laughs> I'm still um, based on Sean Connery. I'm still based on Sean Connery. <laughs> I, 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 well I, done. I, I quite like the modern Bonds. I think they're kind of fun. Yeah. 
um, Spectre was a waste of time. In That's fact, fair. you know, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm entirely wrong. Every Bond film is terrible, but I really like watching them. <laughs> GoldenEye is fine. Um, every Roger Moore film is at least funny. And Casino Royale is, I'd say, an excellent film right up to the point where there's a 20-minute situation where the female lead and James Bond's friend have to explain the rules of poker like it's episode two of an anime. <laughs> Like they're just leaning back and, and, and quietly explaining. Ah, James has raised. This means that the other fellow will have to put, will have to pay as much as James. I don't know why I'm talking in this voice. It's terrifying. I am from Europe. You are. Uh, so let's j- let's Bond throw from, this back yeah. to the one shot RPG. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think run them over I think the, the most important thing you need, mm-hmm. and you need to know this from the very beginning, is the ending. Hmm. You need, like, in a in a one-shot thing, you need to know where you're headed for and to try and manipulate the game to make that. Because one of the worst things you can possibly do is to have a one-shot RPG session that you don't quite finish. Mm. And, like, you'd have to play the the end of the game next time round, and that's rubbish. Have we ever talked about the uh, Star Wars game we were in? I think we podcast. have. I think we've mentioned yeah. it, yeah. That's the last one-shot that we were in together. Yeah. We were robots. Um, it was awful. Having the end is good. Also, having the capacity to like they wouldn't let me fly the plane, and I was C three PO. I don't understand why. Right, I was R two D two, and I wasn't allowed anywhere near the planes. No, you oh. like we, we we went off to find like robot babes to shut up. I seem to remember. Yeah, but like I'm literally an astronavigation droid. Can you give me a quick um, R two D two noise, please, Chris? I can't. I can't do it. Oh. I can go, beep, 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 but that's it. That's quite. That's kind of droidy. I couldn't do the whistles. Yeah, I can't. I mean, you can whistle, right? Can you whistle? No, I mean whistle. I just did. Well. Oh, look at you, pitch perfect. I got fucked up teeth. You should use your some, teeth to whistle. And some very, very pissed off dogs I can hear downstairs. <laughs> your teeth are not involved in the whistling process. Yes, they are. The air goes past. The air goes past the teeth. Hey, here, boy. Here, boy. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. Do, do you like that Hearty Nice Friends podcast? Oh, I love it. What's your favorite episode? Oh, I think it's episode eighty, where where the two friends decide to see if they can whistle. <laughs> and then one of them gets angry that he can't. It's audio poison. <laughs> This is pouring this diesel is, fuel directly into my ear. This is Hamlet-grade ear poison, what we're putting <laughs> out here. This is trash. This is some tragic shit. Um, can we move on to another question? This isn't going anywhere. Yeah, we can. All I right. don't know how I'm going to cut that shit. Oh, that's fine. It's fine. Like, leave it in. That's fine. We'll just, we'll just need to, you know... Here's one. Okay. Pandarin Brewmaster 7 asks, Embracing the fantasy trope, yay or nay? What does it mean when it's talking about the fantasy trope? You'd have to ask Pandaren and Brewmaster, I'm afraid. But I'm going to assume they mean like knights in shining armor, dungeons, dragons, goblins, gold pieces, uh, captured princesses, um, a, a true one born mentioned in prophecy, right. a dark demon king, that sort of thing. Well, honestly, you can get an awful lot of mileage out of the the standard fantasy trope. Yeah, you, yeah, you can, and everyone understands it. Uh, that's it. It's like a universal language, and one of the really nice things is that. You can just play 
assuming you're going to stick to the fantasy trope. Mm-hmm. And then as people change it, just let that happen. You can, you can, it's all because you something to come back to. Yeah. And if, if you have a goblin sorcerer, everyone knows what a goblin sorcerer is going to be like. We can yeah, all imagine the goblin sorcerer, can't we? There's something nice and safe about that. It's like, very safe. Like I'm, I'm genuinely now thinking I want to play in a game of it because yeah, if I the, if the... I see if I see what looks like a <gasps> wizard, they're probably a wizard. It's the opposite of spire. Yeah, spire is a is a dark and unsettling game where nothing is what it seems, um, and it's, it's the opposite of having a fun timey D and D session. Mm. I think I think there's some fun to have there. I think the other thing about stereotypes. Uh, tropes rather than stereotypes, is to uh, just change one thing about them. Right. Just change a single thing, and suddenly you become wildly inventive. <laughs> Such as. So let's, let's, take a, let's take an orc. Yeah, give me give me a stereotype an orc. <clears throat> so you've orc. got the, the 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 savage barbarian orc from the mm-hmm. tribes. Uh, this orc's poet. See, that's nice. Um, and like, we can still have like they could be kind of a soft poet type. Like oh, I was reading some sonnets and I bruised my thumbs, or. You can have them like a war poet, and uh, and they uh, they they tell tales of their own great prowess in battle. See, that's awesome. Yeah, hit me again. Um, a red dragon of the horde of gold. That one's trickier. Mm. Well, one it can breathe lava rather than fire. Okay. So it just sticks around, which is kind of fun, and so it also kind of, and think... it kind of pukes it rather than like yeah, rather than a breathe, flame. Yeah. You get a you get a spray. <laughs> Also, it hates gold. It absolutely hates gold, and it wants to take it off other people, so it isn't used. Oh, like and the idea that it, is, it, it just melts it down into slag? It melts it down into slag, and it is constantly driven insane by the smell of gold, which it hates, but it has to keep it away from the good people of the world. Like, I like the idea that this dragon is actually like trying to save people from the evils of money. Okay, it's it's a it's a he's a powerfully fundamentalist Christian dragon. It's <laughs> the root of all evil, and through Jesus, we can just through Jesus and my lava breath, it just flies down and just really messes with gay marriages. <laughs> it's nothing personal. Hate the sin, not the sinner. It's, it's, just, in, it's just in the book. It's, just, it's in the book. You, you understand. <laughs> nothing no, is gay. No, we don't. <laughs> Bloody a, dragons. A good a, a job well done. I'm going to go home and wank into a Bible. Good dragons <laughs> wank? I don't know. We've probably got cloacas down there. Oh, here we are again. Can can you... I guess you'd just rub it against stuff, wouldn't you? Yeah. Just the, like against the hard edge of a Bible. <laughs> That's how I do it. It's the only way you can do it now. I've started signing Bibles I find in hotel rooms. That's important. Like, signing them from Jesus... I really hope that one person one day goes, shit, he's oh, been there. Oh, him, the first one I thought of. Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, you can you can invert them and you and, and like so we're not like reinventing everything and one of the problems I found is when you get uh, is when you step slightly off the beaten track of Dungeons and Dragons into like your monster manual 2s and 3s, your fiend folios. Yeah, the ideas hinterland. I haven't a fucking clue what's going on. No. It does get point. a little tricky at that point. And it's quite hard to make informed decisions when you're like, oh, this is a gorilla but with four arms. Is it psychic? I don't know. Let me look that up. I, I'm actually going to have to check if this gorilla is psychic or not. <laughs> Rather than, no, it's a gorilla. Yeah. 
Was it, was it a Gorillon? Gorillon? Gorillon, yeah. Stupid name. Yeah, stupid name, stupid monster. But also, like, the... what is the what is the base fantasy trope? Is Lord of the Rings the generic fantasy trope? No, I think D is its own generic fantasy trope. It's like a it's like a, a vicious circle, as it were. It's it's fed on fed in on itself. Yeah. In that your adventuring parties in the, in Lord of the Rings are much smaller than your average D and D party. They take things much serious. They do a lot more singing. They do. They they love a fucking song. They do one after another. Yeah. Um, like magic items are more prevalent. Elves are less important. That's everything's, true, actually. Yeah, everything's been sort of watered down and made more and more available to the point when it is it is like a fantasy trope to have wacky races you've never heard of. Mm. Uh, and it's I find it kind of interesting that there's this unique vocabulary that's formed. Yeah, around D and D, like a um, cleric. Like yeah, like if 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 you say a cleric to somebody, mm-hmm. they know what you mean. Yeah, not a actually priest, someone who writes. A priest is something different. Yeah, a Templar like, is something different. Yeah, um, and you can use that to understand other parts of the world. Hmm. Like if um, an orc is casting holy spells, you know probably know that they're a cleric. Hmm. They're just a different type of cleric, and you can kind of piece together what's going on. A cleric of Groomsh. Groomsh. That's the one-eyed god, isn't it? Yeah. He's been in the wars. Yes. Lots of them. Yeah. Um, But there is something to be said for breaking the fantasy trope, because Mm. as soon as you do, you personalise it. Yeah. And it's not hard to break it. You can do it by accident. Well, okay. Look, you can you can break it. It's not hard to do it. I think that you that you sh- you should always examine this and then look at why you're doing these things and look at why these are the stereotypes and why these are the tropes, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. But also, trying to reinvent the wheel doesn't work. No, I've I've read no end of um, like really well intentioned role playing games which have different names for all the races and maybe they're entirely original races, although most of them are just different flavors of elves or you, you know. Um, Catkin or what have you Mm -hmm. and they'll have different names for all the classes and the classes will do stuff and I'll have no fucking clue what that's like a broadmaster what is a broadmaster ah you are powerful in battle using the winds of Atheron what are the winds of Atheron there are nine magical winds alright calm down Cletus calm down but yeah like fantasy heartbreakers is what we know those as that makes it it makes it very hard to intuit what the Jeff is going on Yes, and I've got much more time for something like Dragon, uh, sorry, like Dungeon World. Although Dragon World, oh, could could we write a rival product? Just make it exactly the same, but replace every other, every word of dungeon with dragons. When you're investigating a dragon, yeah. When you're delving deep within the bowels of a dragon, mm-hmm. then you're right mm-hmm. up in its guts. When you're fighting a dungeon, <laughs> when a dungeon flies overhead, hang on, is this another great? classic Howitt and Taylor. I think this might be. Swap every instance of Dungeons for Dragons and vice versa. But do it in the Player's Handbook. Like the third edition Player's Handbook. Can I have knowledge dragoneering? Yes. Are dragons therefore very big things you go into and kill other things? Yes, but they are also dragons. Yeah, they they are visibly dragons. Yes, they can move and talk and whatnot. Now dungeons can also do... well... Dungeons can't. Dungeons can't talk, no. 
but they can fly around. Dragons can so like so so like you might have the phrase um, if you wish to parlay with a dungeon, be careful. Yes, that works. Yeah, because it doesn't have a mouth. You'll need to flap the door open over and over. <laughs> oh, I have a dungeon. Hold the dungeon like a like a sock puppet. <laughs> and pretend to be Nimma. Anyway. Yeah. Um embrace the fantasy trope, go with it, but examine it and try and work out why you're doing what you're doing. Um I think a lot of the time when you're running Dungeons and Dragons it's just for fun times and just have fun, it's okay. Yeah, you like know. nothing is explicitly better than uh Dungeons and Dragons. It's just that stuff is more suited to doing what you want to do. Yeah, for sure. Like D D does what it does real well. Yeah. It's just that I don't particularly want to play that all the time. No, I think it's like I'm 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 well up for some Shadow of the Demon Lord. Yeah. Which is like D D but with um slightly less shit, I think you remember? Yeah, slightly less shit and slightly more choice. Yeah, cool. Okay. How about you give me one of them questions? I will. Grizzly T asks well, says Tis the season. Looking for ideas for a haunted house. Oh, tis the season. Tis the season. Autumn oh, approaches. A cup of pumpkin spiced blood. <laughs> Dracula. And a skeleton is here with a trumpet. Have you ever really gotten into Halloween? Well, I think that I got into Halloween in as much as I, I enjoyed the aesthetic on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. And so, like, okay, but put, put, put this way, I dress like it's Halloween every day, in that I'm currently wearing a t-shirt with a, with a big tarot card on it. Yeah. It's the tower, and it says, no chill, but, on the top. <laughs> but you're not wearing a spooky sheet with eye holes, are you? No, and that's the thing, I'm not wearing funny costumes, I'm just wearing death-themed items. Yes. And, I look, I really like Halloween, I love the way which it lets adults dress up and play. Mm-hmm. And like pretend to be things they aren't, and like we're told we're not allowed to do that. So I think it's really cool to have the opportunity to have a safe space in which to play, dress up sexy, you know, and then and or dress up non-sexy. Um, this one time when I was in Norwich years ago, this guy came along as the healthy eating witch, <laughs> and he had a witch hat, and then one of those Tesco bags for life with um, these all count as one of your five a day health and uh, fruit and vegetables, and he had that staple to his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he was the healthy eating witch, and that stayed with me. That was really, that was a really beautiful, um, yeah, glorious image. Um, what's your, what's, what's your worst Halloween costume you've ever dressed up as? I've never been to a Halloween party. You never went trick or treating as a kid? No. Even when you were little? No, ne- never happened. It's just not oh, something wow. that's ever come up. That's why I asked you because I was intrigued. Because I, when I grew up, it was just a day. Well, we used to do a bit. We used to do a bit of trick or treating, and you used to like your mum used to make you a vampire's cloak out of a bin liner. Yep. Um, and then she might like put some white slap on your face, uh, <laughs> and you could get some of those glow in the dark fangs, and you slick your hair back with with brill cream, and you go like, "I'm a vampire." Um, but generally, like generally, like your parents would go trick or treating with you because it wasn't super safe. Mm. Um, although I don't think anyone really got into any trouble. The uh, as an adult, I once dressed up as the king in yellow. That's impressive. I uh, this this was actually when you were um, you just moved out actually, I think it was back back in two thousand and eight. And I 
decided that I wanted to dress as the King Yellow. So I went out and I bought a brown hoodie from Primark and some. I, I think I had some brown corduroy trousers uh, and some brown boots. I think you're getting where this is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went out and bought a shit ton of yellow of yellow material and with no plans, um, <laughs> no knowledge of how to do it, and Good. very Stay little start. time, I decided to make myself a King in Yellow costume. Now, King, uh, King in Yellow is Hastur. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a character from uh, Robert E. Howard? Chambers. Robert Chambers. Um, who's Robert E. Howard? Is that, uh, is that Conan? John? Conan, yeah. Um, so he is, uh, and he and he's also um, c- he's kind of part of the Cthulhu mythos now. He's been accepted into it with with open arms. Yeah, and he is a big spooky guy in a tattered yellow um, robe, um, and he he wears a mask except he has no mask. Dun 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 dun! It's just his face. Doesn't oh come my god! And uh, he drives people mad. And I thought that I would dress up as him, and um, I went out with all my all, all my geek and gamers, all my geek and gamer buddies from GameSock. And not a single fucking one of them recognised me. Oh, come in fact, on. In fact, one of them, and I quote, says, Oh, I'm sorry, under the streetlights, I thought you were just a chav in a sheet. <laughs> what are you, the nicotine fairy? <laughs> I mean, I was smoking. <laughs> but it was just like, I put a great deal of effort. I, 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 made, I made a little yellow poncho. To go over my like to go over my shoulders, I had I'd like and like I had like I had like a yellow wrap around my waist, which I tied in place. I made some sort of gloves, I think, and a hood, which all worked. And I like pinned stuff around my head, and then I got drunker and drunker and less and less bothered until eventually I became a sort of king in brown. <laughs> because you just shed your layers. I, I shed all my layers, and like and like it was like it was pretty grimy. Like it was, we went, we were out like clubbing in October, so like my cloak got completely saturated and muddy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just discarded it and walked home as a brown man, but not like oh dear, not that kind of man. <laughs> I did not. Anyway, so just to just to loop this back again to the question, looking oh, yeah, for sure. ideas for a haunted house. Blood cellar, <laughs> like a wine cellar. Mm. I was actually blood. thinking of a cellar that filled up with blood, just all the time. You just no, you can't get down there. Oh, man, no, no, that's why the lights are out. It's it's, it's nah. in electronics. It's scabbing. I'm really sorry. You're going to have a hard time getting through that. How about a blood lift? Okay. Like What does that, that do? That goes from the it's blood like cellar. Like a facelift. Oh, I see. Right. To the blood first floor. <laughs> but it's not a blood first floor yet. But it will be. But when the lift opens, <laughs> it's that bit in Shining. Yeah. Yeah, that bit from that film. That works. How about a skeletons built into the walls? And as you come past, they smash uh, their arms, smash out the walls, and one waggle around. That works. Uh, although you can just at that point walk away from them. Oh, that is true. I did do that in Resident Evil. Fairly ghosts. Early. Put ghosts in it. Put ghosts in it. It's a haunted house. It is a haunted house. But, but like fun ghosts. I suppose there's two kinds of haunted Sexy house. Sexy ghosts. What? The, that's what I'm getting to. There's two kinds of okay. haunted house. Okay. There's actual haunted house right. in an RPG, mm-hmm. and then there's the supposedly haunted house that's actually got a very clever Vincent Price type character manipulating right. skeletons with a joystick. I think there's a third kind of haunted house, right? Which is a like a fun house, like a scare house. Oh Set yeah. Up at a fun fair or what have you, so it looks like there's monsters, but we all know it isn't monsters. But it is monsters. Da, da, da. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the that, that that's the gag you have. 
Everyone so it's, goes it's, in. It's, it's the fun house ride at a carnival. It's the oh, it's the, the spook house. Yeah. Haunted house ride at a carnival. Everyone goes through, and like it looks really mysterious, and the players are like, oh, it's a vampire. And then if the players don't say, oh, it's a vampire, then you, re- you, you reveal the vampire was real, and it's drunk your mum. And, <laughs> and if the players go, oh, it's a vampire, and kill it, it wasn't a real vampire. It was just a man in a suit. It was just your mum in a, in, in a mask. It was you, trick-or-treating as a child. Oh, what, what a crazy house this is. <laughs> This is worth more than two quid. <laughs> but if you're actually doing like a, a, a traditional haunted house mm. thing, one thing you need is too many rooms. I see. One of the real problems with like doing a modern haunted house is like there's maybe five rooms in my house. Yeah, you need a mansion, don't you? You need something bigger than that. Like if you look at the, the classic haunted house from Call of Cthulhu, The Haunting. Mm-hmm. Which is the sort of intro adventure that billions of people have played. That's like three up, three down, isn't it? Yeah, it's really yeah. small. And it just, there's something that doesn't quite work about that. Yeah. Because you've got nowhere to run to. You've got no negative space. Which is something you need in a, in a, in a, haunted, in a haunted house scenario. Cause you need somewhere to run to that's empty. Yeah. Or somewhere in- to look through and that is empty that then is full later or... Embrace other worlds. Yeah, uh, Silent Hill has taught us a lot for this. But being able to have that, but maybe there's like there's a monster which arrives, and then while while the monster's there, you're not in the house anymore. Mm. And so that actually, that's that's, that's, that's kind of cool. I, like I like the idea that like it's it's like a ghost, and it can sort of semi manifest or hide near you, and then like you look out the window and you realize you're not looking out into Sidcup or where, wherever the house was. Yeah, and that... you realize the ghost is near. That also neatly puts paid to the standard thing of well, we'll just leave. Yeah, I. It's really tricky because, like, um, actually, one thing I want to say: um, we were talking about writing the uh, the Sunless Skies RPG. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges with writing an RPG for Sunless Skies is that they uh, they have this really lovely, um, like, coyly referenced world. There's no sort of central. Um, law bible or anything which it all comes out of it's all sort of pieced together from hinting at things and vaguely explaining things and you can and like they have they know what's what but the game doesn't ever state what's what yeah um and so the game uh, like the the uh the intrigue of the game comes from not quite knowing what's going on not being able to ask questions like yes. you uh, you sail past a thing uh you sail past a lighthouse and everyone in there is different now that's strange whereas if where when you're in a role playing game players can go hang on what yeah. And then start looking around, which completely buggers Fallen London. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just, it's the ambience goes. It was a real challenge to try and write it. And I think that's one of the problems, like with a haunted house story, people don't just leave. No. Because that's what they're there to do in the story. Whereas in, in, a, in a game, we're like, no, I don't, I don't want to die. It's nonsense. It's clearly a haunted house. I'm aware of genre. <laughs> I mean, what if you've got. If you've got a system where playing to cliche is the only way you can power up, that's um, dead and night. Yeah, but like, where you're aware of that. Oh, I see. So, like, um, what's it called? Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Yeah. But, exactly. Like, but, Cabin but in the everyone's Woods. the stoner character. Yeah. yeah that's but imagine that you can't take um, an offensive action. Yeah. Without a token, and the way to get a token would be to know there's a murder in the house and then go upstairs. 
Yeah, like you get a token by dropping the axe so you can run away faster. Yes, and then you can spend that token to automatically run away. I really like the idea of having like, but it's uh, so like they're um, t- I think they're called tension tokens mm. in Dead of Night, and they're kind of a more generic resource. But I like the fact that you would have actual spells you're casting with this, like mana, yes, as it were. But they're just they're just in fiction actions, and so you could have some sort of um, oh, that's kind of a fun idea, like 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 Last Action Hero, but maybe you're um, you're bamfing around between universes and you have to embrace the fiction of the universe to get ahead. Yeah, I mean, Last Action Hero is actually a really good film for our, for, for for role players. Yeah, I I have a lot of time for it. It's, it's, Plus, it's, it's got um, what's his name, Charles Dance. Yeah, Charles Dance in it as a as a hitman with changeable eyes. I've got a lot of time for Charlie Dance. Yeah, but it's a solid film. Like, if you're if you're if you're playing an RPG and wondering how to do travel, watch Last Action Hero. Why is that? Because they don't. They just appear. They just appear there. At one point, a character even remarks on it. <laughs> they're like hang on how do we get here and then it's like it's glossed over as some yeah. action happens yeah but because the scene cut that's how they got there yeah the scene cut um, and yeah they're all playing to type and it's really really clever in a very blunt way because it's a Schwarzenegger film I got a question for you oh please ask Motocross Motocross Moto- sorry I can't not say that name like that Motocross 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 uh, it's me, the villain from Triple X. <laughs> I believe my name was Motocrush. No, uh, he, I forget his name, but the, the, the group he he, uh, he was leading was Revolution X. Right. It's a great film. Watch it. Mm-hmm. Is that Watch the one it. where he grinds on a tea tray? He surfs on a tea tray oh, down some stairs. he surfs on a tea tray, okay. Well, yes, I guess he does grind down some stairs. Uh, he uses that same, t- that same t- tea tray to distract a sniper. Oh, wow. But before By offering him tea. <laughs> oh, don't, don't mind if I do. Uh, Damn! And then just twats him across the head with it. <laughs> no, the uh, he, he reflects light into the sniper's eyes. The question is, how do you make familiars cool and fresh again? And memorable? It's all too easy for the player to forget they have one traipsing around after them. Make them the only way they can survive. Go on. So... Uh, was it his his dark materials where they had good familiars? Yeah, daemons, daemons and stuff like that. But have them intrinsically linked to your life force. Uh, okay, like you can't you can't get away from your familiar for too long, or you both start dying. Maybe your familiar is why you keep your healing surges. Yeah, just got to squeeze them out like pepper. What's Brrr. the other one that's really interesting? Um, uh, Lauren Buke's book called Zoo City. Mm-hmm. Um. Guilt and crime and that sort of emotional content right. is physically made manifest in an animal. Okay. Um, so you in in the slums, there's a lot of criminals just with like a dog. Mm. Um, but the main character has a sloth that just clings to her back all the time, and it's that literal thing of having a monkey on your back. Mm. So like addicts have them. It's only if you're if you live a very pure life that you don't have one. Oh, cool! That's kind of nice. Um, and it's it, it's really nice that you have this sort of physical manifestation of everything you've done. Mm. It's so hard, hard to hide. Yeah. So, like, imagine if you started off with a, with just a, a basic dog. You had a Labrador, um, and then you did some. You're a paladin, and you did some questionable stuff in the service of your god, mm-hmm. and your dog changes. 
Let's get a big cow or something. Well, no, but it, like it starts becoming more monstrous. Mm. So you have your alignment is is your animal. Yes, that's kind of fun. I like, and that. it's a visual and... representation that you can't get away from, and everybody like can see. I'd like it if there were like like rather than having a big ugly dog, you got like there were there were some animals which were which were considered evil in the culture. Yes, that would work. So like goats and snakes, or we, we we considered them to be evil. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I think we need to look at the original source of familiars, which is witches. Yep. And so in modern D and D, familiars are an animal that you hang out with. You get a small benefit instead of having a, an equivalent magic ring. You can eventually cast through them and like store spells in them. I think. Yeah, you can, they like, like batteries. Yeah, you can touch. You can uh, cast touch spells through them. So you got they all sort of throw a th- throw a frog, cast shocking grasp on it, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, it was that they were they were in a, in, a, in a relationship, an ongoing exchange with the practitioner, in that they were a hellish creature, a portal to the devil, um, and then they fed on the caster's life energy through the witch's tit or third nipple. Mm-hmm. And so, in exchange for their life energy, or I guess black milk, however it comes out, um, they got the power to cast spells. So it was so like they were they were kind of a sacrificial conduit to to the dark forces, which is a bit more interesting than a bird what can't talk. <laughs> yes, I mean, like you've got the thing of a wizard using the the familiar as the as a spell book. Mm. Like that, like, that's where your magic sword. That's the source of all your power. Is this is this tiny creature? Raven feet, woman. Pick me, grasping your hand. Invancian magic. Mending. Grease. Just and the, the parrot starts uncontrollably vomiting grease. <laughs> oh god, I left it on. I'm really sorry. That's my bee. That's my bee. <laughs> but yeah, like the original, like oh God is dead. Dark God. link to black magic mm. is a really nice thing to be dealing Not with because you've got to protect it. Black magic in D anD D. Everyone just seems to trust magic, and wizards are pretty rare. You've magic got wiz- is safe. Well, wizards are safe. You know, actually, magic is safe, isn't it? The yeah. closest you've got is chaotic sorcerers. You get to roll on the wackety smackety do table. What, like, what, one in twenty uh, times they cast a spell? Yeah, which you forget to do anyway. Even warlockery doesn't come with any downsides. No, there's no negatives to it, and also Person... it's going to be cast exactly the way you think it is, yeah. to the cubic foot every time. I really like the OSR method of like rather than having um, you. You know precisely the cubic foot, or like how many, like the, how many, for, how many, how far it can go, how much damage it'll do. You can maximize it when you when you cast a fireball. You're asking a spirit of fire to help out for a little bit. Yeah, and you can like, and maybe like you can perform acts and sacrifices which help a little bit. And you've got tables you roll on to see what it takes from you, rather than oh, I just I just can't cast anymore today, or I'll get sleepy. I'm gonna fire this gun. Oh, I'm out of bullets. Yeah, it's. Um, I guess I'll have to go to sleep until I until I magically think up some more bullets. Yeah, and it's not dangerous. It's not exciting. And like I get it because you're supposed to be you know sticking around to level twenty. And if you've got like a one in a one in five chance of something going dramatically wrong every time you every time your cleric tries to heal someone, then it's not going to be a super fun experience. Well, that was something the Iron Kingdoms RPG did very well. Oh yeah, um, which was arcane magic was safe. 
Mm. Divine magic wasn't. Yeah. Divine magic was essentially forcibly pulling power out of the gods. And they didn't like it. And they didn't like it. So whenever you cast a heal spell, there was a 1 in 20 chance you'd kill the recipient. <laughs> it's like, like, you, you, like you, it's closer to actual medicine. Yes. It's a but bit that, like in, um, in 13th Age, you get, you get the, um, the, the raised dead spell. You can cast it once safely. And then after that, you uh, get an increasingly large chance of just dying. Yeah. Every time you cast it, so so like so like the archmage has a load of people who can cast it on him. Yeah. So like, keep magic safe, um, keep, keep magic unsafe, and focus it on familiars, and you've got a really nice setting. Yeah, it, it does require a bit of writing, but I think that there's um, I think magic's become far too clinical. It's, yeah, uh, we need. It's like, become a feat. To... It's it's just it's just a thing you do. Like it's um it's like you were saying it's it's like having a gun. It's like having a bow and arrow. Yeah. It's 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 no really different for that. There's nothing especially magical about it, or especially fascinating. And I get it that you know we're all trying to do our thing, and like everyone needs to have, if not equal, then equivalent power in certain situations. But ah, make it weird. Put some demons in there. Yeah, you know, or make it fun. <laughs> that would be nice. You know, I think I think I've got one more question than me. You got one more? Yeah, line line up a question for me, and I'll see if I can do my best to answer it. Okay, fans asks, is it ever fun to let the player's plan go off without a hitch? Well, <laughs> the um, my, my initial response was, of course, but then, no. <laughs> I think it's, okay. This is, this, this raises a large conversation in role-playing, which is, are your players supposed to succeed? Yeah. Are your players... Are your players the main characters in a story, and therefore what they did is successful? Uh, and like, let's say they're on a quest to capture the princess, they're always going to capture that princess, or rescue, isn't it? Or, um, or are they merely agents within this um, world controlled by arbitrary random rules where they can succeed and fail? And there's no element of story, as it were. They don't receive special treatment just because they're the main characters. Yeah, I think I think also there's an element of is the struggle part of the story. Yes. Is it fun? Is it a fun part of the story? Yeah. And so I think that having the players' plans go off without a hitch is if they have like a seven stage plan, no. Because at that point there's not really any sort of game happening. Yeah. There. But I think the like the the opposite end of this is oh I want to go to uh, I want to go to the bar to meet my contact okay roll to see if your contact's there or roll to see if you can roll to see if you can convince to meet your contact or along those lines it's there's parts of the game you can just say yes that works you can just go ahead wave. you should, well, and like and like not not requiring rolls and like well you know what it wouldn't be interesting if this bit failed it's not yeah. interesting to say how you get to this place so you get there. Drumming out the minutiae. Yeah, I mean, one thing I do fairly fairly often is to just say, um, like, we want to break into this building. Like, okay, what would be stopping you? And just asking the players mm. to complicate their own plan. Yeah, for sure. Or like, um, or, the, or the player next to them. Yeah, or something like that. I mean, also you can get away with just with just letting a plan go off without a hitch, if that's mm. not the interesting part. Yeah. If the interesting part is the trap that they're falling into once they get in, yeah, or you, you know, whatever your or or like or or the consequences of the plan succeeding, yeah, 
that sort of thing. There's there's all sorts of fun stories you can tell. So yeah, I think so. I think that your job as a GM is to, is to pace primarily, uh, mm-hmm. control tone, and find adventure. And also, one of the things I utterly hate in role playing games mm-hmm. is planning groups. Oh, it's boring. I what I really like is for people to just go. We're going to do this. It's going to be this, this, and this. I don't even like that much. I want them I, to no, go I like that. I like to that. Me as they go. I like that because there's an element of them telling me what they want to see, and right? Yes, so, I yeah. and a little bit of time to be able to go. Okay, cool. I can link that to this. Yeah. And or, this or, or I can here. take this and twist it. This is a, this is a, a way which that might go yeah. awry. That sort. Of but thing. when you're an hour in, and oh. two players are arguing about the best way to scan a building, watch. It's it's much easier to talk about doing something than it is to do it. Yes. I mean, that said, do you remember when we played Dogs in the Vineyard and had to keep coming out of character to discuss what we thought was going on? Yes. Because it was so stressful to try and do it in character. <laughs> it was too tense, yeah. Like, I'm, it, I'm not fighting with you now. We're not... There's no raises. Yeah. Please, just what do you think happened? <laughs> I go for tired. my gun. Come on, man! Come on, why did you bring a gun, Chris? Because <laughs> I knew you'd try and get around me out of character, you bastard. <laughs> Because I'm the law around these parts. This is my house. Yes, let let if it's not interesting for the players to fail, just do it. Just let them say it. That's fine. No one's going to get bent out of shape about it. And if it is interesting, if they could fail, then see what happens. And the the easy way to let them succeed is to just ask if anybody has a relevant ability. Mm. Like if if you're trying to get over a chasm, if somebody's got teleport, yeah. Then you can just let them do it. Or like I've like I've got a twenty in athletics. Yeah, you don't need to roll for that. Yeah, and I think like it's like, not. It there's nothing cool at the bottom. It's just death. Yeah. Well, depends on how cool you think death is, really. Yeah. But it's your I current outlook on life, I guess. Yeah. It's gone. I had a, oh, I had such a good point. Oh, I'm so sorry. Good. No, it's fine. It's fine. Don't don't apologize. It wasn't. It wasn't that good. Well, probably not. Should we wrap it up? Let's 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 tie this hog up and tuck it into bed. <laughs> Ma, <laughs> there's another bad hog in the bed. Fetch your sleeping irons. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, which is called Hearty Dice Friends. This is a podcast about role playing game advice and bad accents. We love you very much, and I'm going to take this outro again. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to episode 90 of Hearty Dice Friends. If you like this, yes, fuck. Thank you so much for listening to episode 80 of Hearty Dice Friends. If you like this, you can give us some money uh, through Patreon. You go to patreon.com forward slash Hearty Dice Friends. If you join up, you can come along and chat on the Discord, which is really cool. It's a really nice place to come and hang out. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter at HDF Podcast, or if you've got a big old question, big old juicy question... You can send that little old question to us via heartydicefriends at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, baby. We really love you. We love you so much. We love all the questions you sent, and we got you some chocolates. (laughs) A box of chocolates in the shape of a heart. Hey, Chris, how come you never see boxes of chocolates in the shape of hearts? I don't rightly know. They always on the TV. They're in the shape of everything else. Not true. 
We love you. <laughs> we go on to take you up into our attic and arrange... <laughs> where we key grandma. Where we key grandma with her sleeping irons and her pig. And we're going to arrange cushions around you in a way that you will find very comfortable. Like a fort. Like a fort. Like a sexy fort. <laughs> like a sexy fort. The fuck is going on? I don't know, but we're in an attic next to a sleeping pig and grandma. And a gun, I think. And a gun, building a sexy fort for a listener. Yeah, for this listener. We're going to get real cosy in here. They're going to be freaky. Yeah, the opposite of cosy. Freaky. <laughs> I mean, okay. just look around you. How can it get any more freaky? Okay. Shit, Grandma's dancing. Where's the hog? <laughs> Thank you for listening. We love you very much. Sorry that our messages of love have become increasingly dark and upsetting over the last few months. <laughs> We've got maybe, problems. Maybe that's telling you something. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>